think at the end of the day, when it comes to most policing or any job, really, it needs to come down on an individual person by person basis, right? Is this person qualified enough to sit to work in this police force in this precinct? If the answer is yes, great. But you got to monitor that too, especially mentally. It's like if you're if you're gonna if you're gonna be a cop and you're in a bad neighborhood, every now and then you got to check up on that cop to make sure he doesn't doesn't form a bias and that can affect his policing. And if you find that bias and you find that effect, you got to move him somewhere else. Well, that's absolutely correct. And I mean, I, I'm a hundred percent behind that. Cause what happens is it's like that slippery slope. You, know, you don't realize, uh, you know, how biased you're getting, how jaded you're getting, how tainted um, because everybody around you is. Right? And we talk about each division having its own personality because it has its own sets of communities and it's really easy, I think, to say, well, because you work in this division, you know, you're going to be like that, as opposed to saying, no, you know, we need to have a, a, a standard that everybody sort of upholds, which we do in terms of enforcing criminal stuff, but also in terms of the welfare of the officers. And I remember once uh, I worked in a really rough division that had um, a lot of street level crime, street level drug dealing, uh, sex trade work. And I knew I was in a bit of trouble when I was at a cocktail party in my personal life. And I was telling somebody about the, uh, the, the street level cost of various sex acts. I thought, oh, I've been here too long. I need to, <laughs> this is normal. People don't talk about this kind of stuff. I need to get out. Right. I mean, yeah, there's, as a cop, there's plenty, there's plenty of levels of danger. But I, I am going to circle back to um, diversity. Because diversity, people love talking about diversity. Everyone loves yes. talking about diversity. But diversity itself can also be a double-edged sword. Now, I, I do agree with you. It is, it is smart to have people from your community represented in the police force. Like you said, people who don't speak Korean, that's going to be a dangerous thing. Or Muslim. That could, could be, that's, if it's a cultural dispute, you want to have someone who understands the culture in there. But that can also be a double-edged sword because if they're not qualified, if you're just hiring someone for a quota, this to get to get that diversity or whatever it could be, even if it's extra funding from the state because they, they have those fundings, you need to make sure they reach the guidelines. Make sure they reach the bar to be an effective police officer. Because at the end of the day, your goal as a cop in the municipality isn't to represent the community. It's to protect the community. When I say represent, I don't mean demographically by statistics. Like, you know, U.S. has 13% black population. The police force needs to be 13%. I think that's a nightmare. The police officer, if it's, if it's 5%, great. If it's 15%, even better. If it's 20%, you know, let the chips fall where they may. Because at the end of the day, that's how you're going to get the best policing when it comes to training and this, that, and the other. Well, one of the things that um, I know because I'm I'm sitting on a committee that's looking at at some of the hiring practices is really what it's looking at is why aren't the police services getting the types of candidates they want? Mm. Why aren't they getting that, the that, that, that is that is a phenomenal question that definitely applies to the United States, right? Because it's like. I mean, I am sure that, you know, if you have, you know, like you say, 13% of your population, uh, you know, is, is uh, people of color, I am sure that there are 40%, 50, 60, you know, 80%, like a ton of people who could, who could easily uh, m meet that representation. Sure. Why aren't they applying? And if they're applying, why aren't they being successful? And as long as the reason that people are not being successful in the selection process is for bona fide reasons, we're fine. Or are there little things that rule people out? 
before they even get there. Right. And one of the things that came up was uh, in this this uh, group that I'm involved in is looking at minimum uh, education levels. And when we say that we're looking for candidates with education levels of in excess of high school uh, to include some post-secondary, not everybody can afford that. You know, and it's not because they're stupid and it's not because they're unmotivated. It's just because life happens and there's a series of events. And I mean, schooling here, as I'm, I'm sure it is in the States, is very expensive and it's just not on everybody's radar. And so then to say to that candidate, like, sorry, bud, like you would be ideal. You are probably like senior command material, but you didn't, you know, take a year off and go to college. Right. So I would, st- my counter to that would be that's more of a problem of, so like it's like, yeah, they are qualified, but they can't meet the accommodations because of finances or resources. Let's just use resources. Yeah. Right. So the yeah. problem, so the solution, in my opinion, shouldn't be let's just get people who don't have the resources on the field. Let's work on making sure they can get the resources so they can exactly. get to where they need to be. It's like you're tackling, not you, the metaphorical you is attacking yeah. Yeah. the wrong issue. Exactly. That's a, big, that's a big thing to say with anything. When it comes to diversity, yep. equity, inclusion, that's a big problem I have with um, affirmative action. It's like, well, don't set these people up for failure either. You know, address the yep. problems that need to be addressed at the roots that these communities are struggling and they need help, right? Once yep. they get that help, it's going to be easy for them to get to your goal. Well, yeah, because one of the, I mean, one of the things that we're talking about, and it's just in the talking stages now, is saying to people, okay, you've you've met all the other requirements, but you don't have the education component. What if the, uh, you know, policing agency was able to say, you know, within the next five years, we will provide you with the opportunity to get that level yes. of education, yes. Yes. Um, and you will have funding because now you've got a good paying job. Um, so we'll give you five years to play catch up. Mm-hmm. Right. And then after five years, if you don't, then let's revisit that and see what the issue is. But I would think that for most people, uh, like, you know, in, in trade jobs, right, where you start and it's like, yeah, you have mm-hmm. a, a minimum level. An and apprenticeship. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Right. And you've got to achieve these goals and you have to go to additional schooling outside of your job. Um, then I think that would eliminate that, that barrier. I agree. I totally agree. I think... In general, not just policing, with a lot of things. I think people need to take that trade route. Where, like, I, let me ask, let me ask you this: Did you learn more on the street or in the academy? Oh, totally, totally on the street. Of course, right. That's the same right, thing. You know, I, I learned more. Like, I'm a live stream producer. I do podcasting. I learned more about podcasting by myself. I didn't learn anything about podcasting in school because about that time, no one was teaching it. But even my job now as a live stream producer, I didn't learn any of that in school. Zero, zero in college. No, I, I got plenty of benefits other than college, but you learn more on the street. So even sometimes if education is that resource, that's the issue, maybe even the answer isn't make education more accessible, which it should be for a lot of things, but also make it a little more unnecessary. Learn on the job. You can teach people on the job. They're going to pick it up a lot quicker and a lot cheaper than paying $8,000 in debt to go to college. Yeah, yeah, and I don't, I don't know why – the stumbling block is you need to have gone to college or university for a few courses. Um, because as you said, I mean, not everybody has the opportunity, not everybody's inclined. You know, right. Not everybody is academically inclined, but you know, if I was in trouble, I know who I'd want, right? It might be that person that absolutely crashes and burns at exams and writing yeah. papers. Yeah. 